Welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio. And Mahomes is on fire! Here's the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens. It's Thanksgiving. Well, it's Friendsgiving. That's why we're kind of doing this. But I wanted to be nice to you people because I know how many people, I see the downloads, get to watch Arrowhead Pride or listen to Arrowhead Pride Radio every Wednesday night. No Arrowhead Pride Radio tonight because K-State plays uh, pregame starting at 530. And you won't get to hear Pete Sweeney or myself because then Thursday, Friday, everybody off. Sunday's game day. You got to get your fix. You got to get your Arrowhead Pride fix. So joining me now. No days off. That's right. No sleeps, no days off. Even though I is, I do have a weird question. Is the facility open tomorrow? It is. Yeah, there's, there's, okay. a, there's a practice. There is not as much media and no press conferences, so on and so forth. And they do the practice a little bit earlier tomorrow so the guys can get home and, and enjoy Thanksgiving. But it is a game week, so it's just back to normal on Friday. So... You can expect everything that you would on a normal Friday, but here we are on Wednesday, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So we're doing Arrowhead Pride Radio, what, three hours earlier than usual, three That's to right. four. Yep. If there's one thing I'm good at, it's uh, presenting early. Mm-hmm. I don't know that where I'm going to go after mm-hmm. that, but uh, mm-hmm. I'll no. leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that sounds good. It, it, it already feels like it's going to be a different hour than I usually have with Carrington. Should be. You'll probably have your eyes open a little bit more. Um, you can actually be mean mm-hmm. instead of having to be like the super nice guy since Carrington obviously is like <laughs> yeah. the normal two to six guy. Now you got this sure. substitute teacher in here to where you can just be the the pest of the class. Mm-hmm. So then when the boss gets the write up on Monday, it says Pete was a little different in his normal class period time. Okay. Must yeah. have been the substitute teacher. I would always get pretty good grades, but my teachers didn't like my conduct. A little bit of a class class clown. Girl. Shocker. Yeah. You know where I was. Mm. Obviously, bad grades and class clown. You were in the other not side. bad grade, not terrible. Right, I was more of the C's get degrees. Look hey. at me now. I mean, you <laughs> you are a, a beacon of success. I, but, but I was also the guy that was very sarcastic. Sure. Uh, so when my teachers would go away mm-hmm. for the whatever it was, um, they would leave reports like, Ooh. "Hey, Scotty, David, Dusty tend to be a little rowdy. Just let me yeah. know what happens." So then when the teachers would come back, I treated it like going to a friend's house for a sleepover. Right. Like my parents would always drop me up and mom notoriously would do this. She'd say, just make sure Dusty behaves. I'm sorry if he does anything, but you know, whatever. And then when mm-hmm. they would pick me up, it was, Dusty was great. And he's, he's welcome back anytime. Wow. And as soon as we got in the car, my mom would say, what'd you do? <laughs> you know? And so like when the teachers would come back, people would get their bad reports and all this. And then it would be like, Dusty was outstanding, helpful, and kind. Yeah. And as soon as everybody left, I'd be like, Dusty, you mind staying after class? I'd be like, yeah. What'd you do? Yeah. I'm like, well, I knew you were gone, so I wanted to be a leader. Well, I mean, it just, everything you're describing, you, you just sound like a weasel. Yeah. Perfect way to describe it. Like Lester Diamond from uh, Casino is where you could compare me to. Right. Um, Gollum. <laughs> uh, first question, Pete, how do I hear AP radio? Well, that's from the text line. Usually at 6 p.m every Wednesday, 6 to 7, and then we will throw it up on our, our podcast channel for the AP Radio replay. So if you have an iPhone, that would be Apple iTunes. If you have an Android, you can get it on Spotify, and, I, and there's a slew of other ways to download AP Radio. So let's talk about the lead of the week, and then we'll dive into the injury report about a little bit later. But let's, yeah. is this the, are we about to witness 
the best season a quarterback and a tight end have ever had in one season? I think so. I think so. I think what you're seeing from Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey is normal, but it's almost normal on steroids. And I'm using that very, very figuratively. I don't think either of these guys are on steroids, <laughs> just to be clear. But I, I, I'm just been so impressed because Travis is older now and, and to do what he's doing at age 33, it's not only just a, a progression, a continuation of what we've seen from him as a younger player. This is probably his best season and he's already matched his touchdown total, that four-touchdown game and that three-touchdown game help. But, man, we have seven games left, and we'll see if the Chiefs end up having to play that last one. If, if they keep winning, maybe they wouldn't even have to play their starters. So, you know, you want to call that maybe six games, just depending on how this whole thing goes. At least six games left. 20 touchdowns is possible because you mix in a few more multiple touchdown games. And, and how incredible would that be, a 20-touchdown season for a tight end? What's the most Gronk got to? It's like 16 or 18? Without looking, I believe it was 16. I, okay. I, to I my knowledge. A, I knew you had a crazy year where he was just insanely different than everybody else because that's what that's the conversation that we keep getting is that, yeah, Kelsey's good, but, you know. I'm mistaken. 2011, he had 17 receiving touchdowns, so Kelsey would need to get to 18. Okay. And he's at 11? Just used a little trusty thing we call the internet, mm, which I have in front of me right reference. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, 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 but then you look, you flip it over to the quarterback. Right. And you look at what Patrick Mahomes is doing. And, and I said my, my biggest hot take in the preseason was that Patrick Mahomes would have one of his best three years of his career this year, but it probably wouldn't be the year he had as a first-year starter. Um, last time I checked, he's projected – 5,500 yards passing and like 51 touchdowns throwing his first year in the league as a starter. He threw for what? 5,050. I think is what it was like just over 5,000 and then 50 touchdowns. Almost exactly. Yeah, that's correct. And on pace for more. And that is an incredible in itself. Just the way that Mahomes is playing. So long as he stays healthy, he'll win the MVP. That's where we're at right now. And same thing with the division, right? You can say that with the division, and I, I know there are a lot of people that are like, don't say it yet. Yeah, but it's, I mean, the percentages are just so ridiculous right now. Lead. You have to talk about it just because we've never seen anything like this. And all the years that they've won a division in a row, it's it's never been over or seemingly over, to, to just be careful here, seemingly <laughs> over this early. Yeah. So if everyone stays healthy, it's, it's just, you know, it could be the best season of the Patrick Mahomes era. And as teams realize this, like they can have this historical regular season, but then it really comes down to the three games after that. Like, can you win a Super Bowl? Because you know, there's a Patriots team that would tell you, you can have as great a regular season as possible, but if you don't win the championship, it doesn't really matter. It's a new week in the NFL, which means it's time to take a look at the new injury report for the Chiefs. All right. You hear the guitar. It's me on top of the roof, keeping the bats away like in Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a name that got put on uh, IR today that, uh, just like every other season, it seems to happen. And then there was a name that sounded like he might be back this Sunday. Pete, uh, take it away. Yeah, so we don't have the official injury report yet. Usually we do this at 6 o'clock. comes out this hour, typically speaking. But we have an idea of what it's going to be mm-hmm. because I was able to get my eyes on some players that at practice here, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to injured reserve. He has a high ankle sprain, 
and that means he'll miss at least the next four games. But the way that Andy Reid is making it sound, it, it does sound like this may be more serious than other high ankle sprains. So Chiefs only have seven games left. They're, they're, they're through their bye week. So we'll see if he ends up playing another game. I guess we're going to talk about that in a second here. Lucas Niang has been added to the 53-man roster. This is key depth for the Chiefs. Asked Andy Reid about this on Monday, and, and he told me that that Niang isn't given to be the right tackle. I know that from my mentions and the comments on Arrowhead Pride, a lot of people are ready for <laughs> Wiley to be replaced as soon as possible. I just don't think that's happening yet. Andy Reid over the years has also showed a tendency is if the team is winning, he doesn't really shake up the O-line and, and isn't quick to do it. Joe Tooney and Kadarius Tony will not practice, at least to start the week. That's Tooney, a tough one. Tooney Tony. Tooney has done this before where he wouldn't practice Tony these Tony? first few days and he just he pushes through and ends up playing in the game. I mean, he he doesn't even care. He breaks his hand in the game and, and stays in. Kadarius Tony, I, I think, is more concerning because it sounds like it's a hamstring, which is something that dated back to New York. And Sammy's been bothering him. And we know from witnessing the Royals and some of the problems with the hamstring, like the hamstrings can just linger. So mm. I, I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about it out there, but I, I would tend to say I think the Chiefs can win without him. They, they were doing it before. So at this stage, just shut him down until he's completely 100% right, even if it takes five games, right? Like, maybe, you know, even if it's like some kind of boost you get for the postseason, I would I would say just be overcautious. Good sign that Juju Smith-Schuster and Chris LeMans are back to practice. They were going through the concussion protocol. I'm pretty optimistic that both of these guys make their return on Sunday. And I was I was pleasantly surprised to hear that Juan Thornhill was giving it a go today. I was concerned because he exited the game with the calf issue, and they ruled yeah. him out very quickly. And typically oh, yeah. that's a bad, bad sign, but he was working today, so that's a good thing. So what does Juju have to do? Because I saw that he still has to – he just has to practice fully and then go through another, like, screening, and then he can be clear. Because I saw that he's practicing. Yeah. But normally you don't practice if you're still in the protocol. Now, obviously, there's the new yeah. this season two a thing. But, like – There's a, a five-step process that these players have to, to go through where it's I – w- I won't list all the steps, but right. it, it's a ramp-up. Light work first, and one of the final steps is going through a full regular practice. So – Good to see that that he was able to try to do that today. We'll see if he gets through it and then is is ruled out uh, of what would be the concussion protocol and return. We talked to Patrick Mahomes today. Very excited to potentially get Juju Smith-Schuster back in the lineup. But he was popping off before all of a sudden he had that concussion. It was tough to watch. So good to hear that he's in, in improving health, and we'll see if he plays this weekend. Last one before we go to a break, Ronald Jones Jr., Rojo. He got uh, the guy that normally sits in the seat and talks to you during this time. He Roge. was a uh, big team support, Roj. Uh, any chance? I think there's a chance that he suits up. I think you need to have another back. That's an early down back in the case of an injury to your now starter, Isaiah Pacheco. What I'm hoping, and this is just me talking, is that Rojo doesn't enter a Clyde edwards alaire role where they're, they're swapping back and forth. I, I like the hot hand thing, but... We have seen enough, in my opinion, <laughs> to play Isaiah Pacheco to get him 10 to 20 touches a game because you see what it does for the offense. But, I mean, I you know, I don't make these decisions, Dusty, so we'll see what they do. Well, breaking news right here. Rams head coach Sean McVay has ruled Matthew Stafford out for Sunday versus the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs, due to what the team believes is a strained neck, is what they want to call that. So, no Matthew Stafford officially official today as of 312, 47 seconds past the 12 what minute. Do you, what do you think of the chances are that 
that Bryce Perkins knocks off Patrick Mahomes on Sunday, Dusty. We'll get to Ron Cobb Jr. after this. We come back at the lead analyst of Arrowhead Pride on 610 Sports Radio. Back in on the uh, Arrowhead Pride radio show a little bit early. A little bit early on a, on a Wednesday because K-State, uh, out of nowhere. The Wildcats. Uh, yeah, they're, they're playing in the championship in the uh, Cayman Classic. How about that? Every man a Wildcat. Ema. A little outdated, that, that phrase. Every, yep, she just, well, I'll let you, I'll let you handle that uh, as we hit <laughs> the holiday season. Yeah, yeah, let's get to run. Uh, but speaking of out of nowhere, it is uh, RKJ, the lead analyst of Arrowhead Pride Radio, Ron Cop, a little early a little early, but how you doing on this uh, Friendsgiving Wednesday? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm here to spread the good word that Thanksgiving is the best holiday. So oh. make sure you tell your friends and family because that is that is that is it is the best holiday. So uh, I just I'm, I'm here to, to make that statement before we get started. I gotta say it. Okay, wouldn't be doing I'm my job. It. Wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask why it's the best holiday. I mean, are you? You don't have to worry about presents. You don't have to worry about that part of it. Mm-hmm. And all you got to do is worry about sitting. Hanging out with your family, watching football, eating tons of food, and no one judges you for it. I mean, that's that's. I mean, I, I can watch football without you know getting the the side eye like, oh, you're watching football again. I mean, come on, that's 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 what it's all about, you know. NBA can have its Christmas day, man. I'm all about Thanksgiving football. It's the goat holiday. Ron's making some good points. I do like sitting. Mm-hmm. I like football. <laughs> yep. Like eating, mm-hmm. and I don't like being judged for anything I do. Really, mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, only God can judge me. Till I'm gone. Tupac. Exactly. Shore. Either love me or leave me alone. Okay. I thought Ron was going to come back, but he's, he's very respectful to the boss. Ron, <laughs> what are, what are three things you must have on Thanksgiving? Oh man. Okay. Any, okay anything. Okay. It could be, it could be anything. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I'm not going to say Turkey because you don't have to have it. I really don't think it's a have to have. You got to have your sides though. And so if you're asking me, man, you got to have your mashed potatoes. That's just a staple. You got to have it. Uh, you got to have your stuffing. It's just a part of it, you know, and if you, and you got to make it good. I mean, my mom makes good stuffing, so I, I know there are bad stuffings, bad dressings out there, not in my house. So that's two out of three, and you got to have some pie. I mean, if I got to pick one pie, ooh, man, that is tough. If I got to pick one pie, I, I got to say French silk pie. I know mm. it's the chocolate pie. I know it's the – it's kind of like it's the, the not the traditional pie. pie, but I love me some French silk pie, so I got to say it. I got to say What does he think? French what? French silk. Never it is, had it. Are you serious? Oh, it's, it's like a chocolate pie. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's like chocolate. So it's chocolate gra- It's like this cream. nice graham crust. Mm. Then they put this chocolate like cream in the middle. Okay. Then they put whipped cream on top, and then these chocolate shavings that go on top of that. Okay. It was my birthday cake for seven consecutive years. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy belated. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. And that's early I, birthday. That's what I asked for my birthday. Seven years in a row is French silk pie from Tippins, which Ooh. used to be the goat oh, nice. uh, French silk pie. But Ron... Enough of me. Enough of all of that. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire goes on the IR today. Juju practices. But it's the Rams and the Chiefs. And I know that you'll be watching a ton of video throughout the week, probably Friday when you're hungover from all the pie and stuffing and all that. But the one thing I will ask you is, is this game one of those games where it's like, it's a good focus game to kind of figure out what you do well, take care of business, because they're fortunate half-point favorites. Matthew Stafford just officially ruled out. How does this game get played by the Kansas City Chiefs? Do we see third appearance of any given Sunday? 
<laughs> I can see that. I can see that. The Rams roster is definitely depleted enough to get to that point. You know, they were competitive with the Saints last week, even when Stafford went out. They still do have, you know, some players some players healthy, but it really has been slim pickings on, on the Rams, especially on offense, man. They, they're they dealing with a lot. You know, ever since Cup went out, they just can get nothing done. You know, they, they really, you know, Cup was really that entire offense. So now Bryce Perkins starting for him. He's the third-string quarterback originally. The, you know, Stafford is out, but also the backup quarterback as well. And so, yeah, Perkins, he, he, he can run. He, he had a 23-yard run last week. He's had some, you know, he, he can move. And so I could see them doing a little more quarterback run game, um, kind of maybe mucking this game up and make, keep trying to keep it low scoring. But I don't know. I, I see the Chiefs doing what they do. You know, they come out, play their offense. Not, you know, we'll see not a, not a very creative game plan from Andy Reid, a lot of vanilla stuff, but just running their plays and kind of saying, hey, we're going to beat you how we, you know, how we do it. And I can see the Chiefs offense maybe, um, you know, maybe getting a little corralled a little bit. You know, the Rams still have their, their, talent, you know, their top talent, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner all playing, but – I don't see how the Rams offense gets much going, especially in Arrowhead. Chiefs defense has been playing well lately. So I I, I don't know about the 14 and a half point spread, but I do know that the Chiefs are going to probably win this pretty comfortably. Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens talking to our lead analyst at Arrowhead Pride, Ron Kopp, on a early edition of Arrowhead Pride Radio. Ron, your article for us today was the Chiefs showcasing their deep wide receiver room against the Chargers. What impressed you the most about the Chiefs wide receiver room and their pass catching room really beyond what Juju Smith-Schuster is able to do since he was out last game? Right. I, I think the most impressive part is, is Justin Watson, the sky more kind of lead the way outside of Travis Kelsey. And, you know, maybe a week, maybe even just maybe we could say two weeks ago, and and maybe even just going into this game, we all kind of just said they were the fifth and sixth receiver, and, and they're coming in and, and playing like they could be the first and second receiver if they really needed to. I mean, Justin Watson's, you know, play, his chemistry with Mahomes, his just his steadiness is just really, really, you know, shocking that he was just a kind of a, you know, uh, just a throw-in-the-bunch uh, free agent in the offseason, right? You know, no one really wanted him. He was on the Bucks practice squad. And he is just so, you know, he's so reliable. And, and, and I thought it was really noticeable – really, uh, you, know, you know, significant that he was on a third and 17 late in the game when they really needed it. He was the primary route on, on a really important pass play. And, and it could have been MBS. It could have been Sky Moore too, but they trusted Watson to be that primary guy to actually use Sky Moore on, as more of a decoy on that play. But Sky Moore does get some love too, because man, he was impressive doing the stuff that we all kind of thought he could do in terms yeah. of route running, release off the line of scrimmage, and then great hands too. I thought that was maybe the most impressive part was he had some really tough catches and, and one of them was on a scramble drill where you saw him, you know, uh, really follow Mahomes' path and get in, get in a throwing window. So Sky Moore had a really good game. And the fact that if everyone's healthy, these guys might be the fifth and sixth receivers is pretty amazing about this receiving core. Ron, last one, then we'll let you get on with your holiday and uh, everything like that. I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't somewhat kind of sound similar to Carrington. The Chiefs win this game if the Chiefs lose this game if. Very nice. So, yeah. I, I, I do you. think the Chiefs <laughs> the Chiefs win this game if their offense can just can just you know take off and 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 do their thing against against the top of defense. I think the the Rams offense could could do you know Sean McVay is still a really good offensive coach and and it, it's kind of hard to prepare you know for a, a new quarterback. They didn't have you know they weren't game planning to have this quarterback last week. So I do think I you know the Rams offense maybe could you know uh, do some things. I, I I'd have. I just think the Chiefs' offense needs to be the one to to put up points. So, 
I say the Chiefs win if, if the offense just has another great day like we've seen them in recent weeks. But the Chiefs lose if, I think, the, again, the Rams' offense gets going and, and, and the Chiefs' defense doesn't respect um, the, the quarterback run game maybe um, and, and, and doesn't, you know, handle, handle their business and, and doesn't come in focused bags, maybe uh, plays a vanilla game plan. I think, yeah, the, the Chiefs lose if, if, if their defense can't hold their own and, and, and keep the offense down because the Rams' defense on the other side, you know, absolutely has a, you know, it can – can ha- can corral the Chiefs' offense, so that the defense really needs to make sure um, they do their own thing. Ron, we thank you very much. Again, let the people know what you're going to be doing the rest of this week. I know it's a holiday week. might be a little different. Maybe not, but uh, your time to, to flood the airwaves with what's in line for the rest of the week. Right, yeah. I wrote up the, the defensive backs. Uh, Spagnuolo talked about the defensive backs, and, and you'll see that on the site soon. But, no, just my usual pregame stuff. I'll be uh, scouting the opponents kind of hard this week with, with the Rams, you know, without all the injuries they have. And, and then I'll do my five things to watch, which, you know, there, there's a few interesting roster things we saw today, like a, like a Lucas Nyang. Do we see him maybe play mm-hmm. on Sunday? One of the, that's an interesting thing that I might have to throw in the five things to watch. So check out for that on the site. It'll all be up, uh, you know, before the game. Well, thanks again, Ron, and have a happy Thanksgiving with you and your family and everybody involved. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys. You got it. Ron Cobb, lead analyst of Arrowhead Pride Radio. Loves him some French silk pie. So does the text line. Literally the best pie. Next number, chocolate pudding pie, basically. So delicious. I'm a blueberry man. Blueberry pie, Pete. That's why you're the best guest on the radio <sighs> station. Two to one, outvoted on his own. That's the hardest show. I've seen Jed Marshall in my entire life. <sighs> you didn't even get blueberry pie to your mouth, and he was saluting you and just praising your presence. Warm up blueberry pie. Get a little bit of that cream. ice cream. Mm. Te- the, the temperature difference mm. there, it, not, nothing better than that. When we go to break, Pete, I'm going to show you a picture. Oh. We had some fresh uh, blueberry pie in Maine. Oh, wow. It was oh, bomb.com. Oh, wow. Then he just ruined it with the bomb.com. You know, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> little throwback. little throwback. Oh, I can respect man. it, right? Uh, anyways, no? uh, we come back. Don't forget, get your questions in for Pete Sweeney and Arrowhead Pride, 913 586 Seven six ten. Also at Arrowhead Pride. Whatever you want to do, we'll, um, we'll end the hour with those. We'll, questions. Yeah, we'll end the hour. We come back. I want to ask Pete a couple of questions that I think have some severity of actually hitting when it comes to the gambling world. Plus your questions, all that during the Arrowhead Pride Radio Show here on Six Ten Sports Radio. Coming up next. Back in on Arrowhead Pride Radio on a Wednesday afternoon. Oh, there you go. I'm just, uh, I guess, I guess I'm not thankful enough uh, on the text line. It is what it is. What do you mean? Well, they just said from the 913, Dusty's showing as much taste in, in it, or Dusty's showing his music tastes are worse than his sports takes. Wow. Everyone knows Queen is the best band ever. Mm. They could, which this is kind of a little cloudy for me to understand. They could and did have songs in every genre. And Freddie Mercury was a master entertainer. R.I.P. Freddie. Got to tell you, I, I think the text line, the text line, just rocked you, rocked you, um, a little bit there. Agree to disagree. I mean, I what I always say to people is like, I have respect for Freddie Mercury. Right. No, right I know this. I know the song, Jed. Mm. Jed always thinks I'm like this dumbass. <laughs> Like he just he just like permanently thinks I'm dumb. You've presented a lot of information in the short time we've worked together. Yeah, but I've also presented. So I'm not gonna. It's okay. like it's like a different version of Unicero. Um, <laughs> is that a shot? I don't know. Okay, you're laughing I like I it don't is. know if it wasn't. 
Well, I just act like that went over my head, and I did a hard pause. So maybe the hard pause went over Jed's head. So <laughs> a lot of Anyways. a lot of a lot of flying above above heads. I'm I'm grounded right now though, that because you know it's it's the holiday weekend. I'm blessed. We're we're ready to go. Yeah, the the text line is not thankful for your your takes in in any any fast. No, it's fine. Right? Yeah. That's fine. That's no, fine. Yeah. Um, but again, you can get your question in for Pete Sweeney. Anything Chiefs related, maybe Thanksgiving related. I don't know what you want to do. Um, 913-586-7610. But Pete, what I want to ask you is can Andy Reid win coach of the year? I think so. I think so. I think for a coach like Andy Reid, who's been successful for so many years in a row, to be able to win it, you have to be faced with with some adversity. And I think the adversity for Andy and really the organization was self-created when Tyree Kill priced himself out and said he didn't want to take the contract that the Chiefs had offered and the Chiefs kind of put their hand in the sand and said we're not going to go over a certain place and what did they do they they traded what has been the, the best wide receiver in the league it, it's looked like and to be able to win like they have and for the replacements to be having enough production to get you first place in the AFC through more than half the season if you for example, now run the table, which if you you really look at the Chiefs' schedule, I'm not trying to look past anyone, but mm-hmm. the game that you circle is the Bengals game, and the other games are very winnable. I, I think you can make a case where okay, the Bengals Chiefs game in Cincy, it's going to be this game that both teams really want to win. You could, in a way, especially if they're getting chased back this week and will play in that game could see where it's going to have that playoff-like atmosphere. When you have those types of games, anything can happen. The rest of the schedule, I know that includes some division games, but the Chiefs should take care of business. So you're looking at possibly a 15-2 and record after trading Tyree Kill. So, yeah, I think it's entirely possible because you also got to look at, at who else. So who else is in that mix? Mike McDaniel, right? I think uh, Brian Dable certainly could could be in that mix. Um who else do you really even consider? Sirianni. Sirianni, sure. If if they end up getting getting the buy, is Pete Carroll in the conversation? I think if the Seahawks were to make the playoffs with Geno Smith, yes, uh, uh, of course. I, I think it, 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 the Coach of the Year award has always been weird to me because it, it doesn't always go to the guy who's had years of consistent success. It, it's more about the storyline of that year, and I think finally to your point and what Andy Reid has here is a story of adversity and overcoming it just because they created that by trading away Tyree kill. And what has helped that narrative is that Hills played so well in Miami too. I mean, his, his numbers are ridiculous. So trading that away and still possibly getting this AFC buy would certainly put Andy Reid in the Because the thing that got me so much flack last year was the fact that I thought Andy Reid should have won coach of the year last year. And a lot of people said, no, the Chiefs were expected to win the division. The Chiefs were expected to be a playoff team. He's done that. But where my argument was, was the fact that Andy Reid was three and four. And in a matter in six weeks, he clinched the division. So he was a game below 500 with his team. And in a matter of six weeks by week 14, yeah, they were the winning. They, they won the AFC West. Like they beat the charge on but, Thursday night. And so like the argument what, that I got back was, well, it's not about how you do it. It's how you're projected and how you finish. I mean, and let, in this year, this is where it started was they were sp- picked to pick third in the division mm-hmm. below the Raiders and the chargers. They lose their weapon. Like you just mentioned. And yet they're eight and two. They're the best team in the AFC. They're a one seed. So he's doing exactly what everyone said you had to do to win it last year, this year. And he's never won it. 
Well, I, I, like I said, I, I think the, the idea of trading away Hill really helps mm-hmm. Andy Reid in that, that narrative. In an alternate universe where Tyreek Hill was still here, and let's say the Chiefs were undefeated. I think if they undefe- they they went undefeated, Andy Reid would get it. But let's say if Tyreek is still I'd here, hope. let's say Tyreek is still here and they have one loss, I'm still not sure he's winning it because there's just other stories that other people can build. You know, Sirianni. You have uh, you know other coaches going in different areas where the Giants were an absolute disaster, for example, under Joe Judge, and then all of a sudden they're playing well with the same players. Like mm-hmm. there's just other storylines. So now there is that adversity. There is that story. And, and I, I think Andy Reid should, should be in, in the mix for it. You know, I, I think it would help if Sirianni were to fall off. Sirianni probably is the number one competition that you would think, especially if the Eagles finish first in the conference. But I see him over McDaniel, in my opinion. I, I think it's a better story than what Dable has been able to do. And so he, it's well-deserved. So regardless, maybe this is the year. Maybe maybe you're onto something here. I just it just seems like he's never won. Like I guess AP that that counts. The Associated Press or Arrowhead yeah. Pride? No, either one. The okay, Arrowhead Pride matters more. Well, I I have a good feeling about Andy Reid winning the AP Coach of the Year. Yeah, my AP. I just I find it weird that he's never won NFL Coach of the Year, hmm. and he's done all these things right. But it's just expected. Like that to me just seems like a very not, piss poor argument to say that that's why he's never won it. It's not easy for future Pro Football Hall of Fame coaches to win that yearly award. It just isn't because yeah. there's too much consistent success. Eventually, how many times do you think Belichick's won it? And what years do you think he won it? Probably the first year, right? That they won went to the Super Bowl. I would guess. And, and then it's sixteen and zero year. And maybe the sixteen and zero year. And I, I mean, I don't know. I actually, I don't have that in front of me. No, I know. I, it was a, it was a curveball. I would question, guess. I'm just, yeah, I would guess two, no more than three. That would be my guess. I just find it hard to believe that Andy Reid's never won this award. Now I don't know how long the, the, and I don't really know honestly the difference between AP Coach of the Year and NFL Coach of the Year. I guess the Associated Press and National Football League, whatever matters more. So Bill Belichick has won three times. Nailed the it. AP Coach of the Year. He's won two times. SN coach of the year. What is that? I don't know. And then he's won three times PFWA coach of the year. That's the Pro Football Writers Association. Yeah. I'm a member of the PFWA. And you probably voted for him. I didn't vote for him, no. So I guess AP coach of the year is the one we go off of. So Andy Reid has one and Bill Belichick has three. Okay. Three of them. Yeah. And I just. Seems unfair. You know? So I guess one time, one coach of the year in 2002, and then he's never done anything else after that. The other question that I have for you okay. is, and I, I brought this up to Ron Hughley when he was on air. Am I biased? The show. Yep. Am I biased to think that every single award that is significant, the Chiefs could win? And what I mean by that is MVP is over. I personally think, unless he just gets hurt and Tua goes off for Miami and they make the playoffs and they win the East. I think that's the only way he loses I don't think other he, than Jalen Hurts. I don't think Mahomes is losing to Tua or Hurts. Because I think, again, the only way he could do it is if he's like out for the rest of the year. The numbers are going to be too outrageous. Yeah. Remember that year where Drew Brees' numbers weren't close and people are still trying to make Brees into this possible MVP? I don't even think the numbers are going to be as close, like as far apart as they were that year. I think they're going to be further apart. I, I just think there's going to be no choice this year. Okay. So MVP locked up. Let's move on to coach of the year. There's a chance. We just talked about it, that Andy Reid could win coach of the year yeah. because of 
prior engagements that happened preseason. Prior engagements. Offensive player of the year. Could you make an argument, non-bias, that Travis Kelsey could be the offensive player of the year? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. Especially, as we were talking about earlier, if he is able to break the tight end record for touchdowns. I think that touchdown number is going to help him a lot. I, I know that seven of them came in two games, but I think when you are able to put up, let's say he gets to 17, 18 touchdowns. But which seven of those were his division very, games. But it's very possible that that right. happens because he's just on a tear right now. Then I don't know how he doesn't get it, even if he is gotten in the yardage, which he will be by mm. these receivers. But even in saying that, like this is a tight end, man. And to have him amongst the yardage of the top 10 pass catchers, which are all the rest of them are receivers. The only one who could get get close to that mix is Mark Andrews. And because of health and and whatnot, he isn't. Uh, I I think that the voters should look at that and be like, well, it's not even a receiver. And he's among the top 10 and he's the league leader in touchdowns. Yeah, I think, of course, he could win offensive player there. And I think he could also be close in receptions. And I think if he's close in two of the three categories, then especially if he leads one. I, you know, I, I, hope, tight end. I hope the voters really look at this, but because his first down numbers are great too. where like, I don't know if, if we make enough of a, a bigger, big deal about first downs. Maybe this is like a Pete Sweeney hot take, but first downs or touchdowns, that stat to me is one of the more important stats that we never discuss because mm-hmm. it shows who the quarterback trusts the most. Very clearly, because on second down, on third down, even on first down, who are you looking for to to get you past the sticks and get you a fresh set of downs? And, man, Travis Kelsey always, always, always is near the top of the league in first downs or touchdowns. Very reliable. And then the last one will be defensive player of the year. I think Micah Parsons has ran away with it. But I think if Chris Jones can continue to do what he's been doing the last three weeks, there is an argument to be had that he's up there in the top two. I have a tough time thinking that Micah Parsons is not going to win it. Right. Just because of how early he took off with it. But I think three of four is possible. And it's a shame that Parsons is doing what he's doing because I think Jones would be right there with everybody else if Parsons didn't exist. But Chris I, Jones has been better than Aaron Donald this year. Not, not even close. Right. No question. And, and you know, you're seeing that in, in the pressures. It's sort of a mini contract year in a way for him because I think he could almost – it, by his play, demand that the Chiefs extend him before he enters the final year next year. And you're seeing, as we've we've said on this radio station for years and years, the contract year, pseudo-contract years are undefeated. And I wouldn't be surprised if Jones finishes with 15 sacks or more and ends up with a brand-spanking new contract in Kansas City, despite Brett Veach really not liking to give these 28-year-olds long-term contracts. I think it really has to be undeniable because this team hands out good contracts nowadays, and it's been undeniable for Chris Jones. And, and again, it's a shame that Micah Parsons is just so clearly the best defensive player in the league. If he didn't exist, it would be very possible for the Chiefs to sweep. You bring up the Rams. You bring up contracts with the Chiefs. I want to ask you this before we get into the mailbag. Remember, any question you have for Pete Sweeney, 913-586-7610. Before we get into that, um, Whose four years are you taking in their last four years? The Chiefs or the Rams? Because the Rams did it the way that we've talked about a little bit. Just go buy your team with draft picks, <laughs> whereas the Chiefs buy their team by picking their draft picks. Yes, they trade their first-round pick to the Ravens for Orlando Brown, but by doing so, they gain a third-round pick or a second-round pick and draft Nick Bolton. They trade Tyree Kill, and I believe they get 
what McDuffie and Sky Moore out of those picks. Is that right? I believe so. So you've done that. McDuffie seems like he's kind of figured out the position in the NFL. Chiefs go to two Super Bowls. Rams have been to two Super Bowls. Chiefs won a Super Bowl. Rams won a Super Bowl. It is clearly obvious to me, Pete, the Rams have nowhere to go the next three to five years. Whereas it's clearly obvious to me, the Chiefs have a clear and distinctive plan what they're doing the next three to five years. And that is trusting 15 and keeping 87 as perfectly involved in this offense as possible. Well, I, I think both teams did it the right way for their situations, right? Because you have Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. and Patrick Mahomes is not only the the best quarterback very clearly in the league, he also happens to be 27 years old. Matt Stafford is right now 34. So I think the Rams sa- says to themselves, how many great years of Matt Stafford do we have left? How, mm-hmm. many, how many Super Bowl caliber years of Matt Stafford do we have left? And they bet on it and cashed. It was a it was a big bet, and it was a big cash. The Chiefs doing that for one year when Patrick Mahomes is twenty seven. You know, and you you have at least six to eight years of high level play, and then after that, even if he tapers off a little bit, I think he can have a Brady like. Still, you want to say eighty percent of Patrick Mahomes is still better than a lot of the league, ninety percent of the league. You know, let's just say for argument's sake. So what the Chiefs did is is. They made shrewd moves. They wanted to be competitive each year. They wanted to give their sides enough. They needed to draft really well, which they have these last few years. And not only are they among the Super Bowl favorites this year, but they've built themselves flexibility for future years. And what that means is there's going to be good football in Kansas City for the next 5 to 10 to 15 years plus. I don't necessarily blame L.A. because Matt Stafford looks almost done. So if you hadn't done it last year, it wasn't going to happen for you, mm-hmm. right? So, and we were talking about this off air. The Rams are going to be bad for a long time now because of using all those picks. I know that Aaron Donald flirted retirement last year. I don't see why he would play past this year because they are years plural away with mm-hmm. this fall off. Uh, the Chiefs are going to be competitive every year, and as long as you have Patrick Mahomes and they continue to nail these drafts, it's been really impressive. The draft is, you know, at its heart, still a little bit of a crapshoot, and the Chiefs have been really, really good and fortunate. I mean, they bet on raw tra- traits that are turning into players like Legarius Sneed and Jalen Watson mm-hmm. and and Joshua Williams, and, it, and it's just been wild to see. Uh, and, and so I, I definitely would take the Chiefs because you're even in Super Bowls, and the Chiefs and their Chiefs fans have 10 to 15 years of this play to look forward to. Um, I, you know, who knows if they miss the playoffs one of those years, but most of the years you're going to make the playoffs. And whenever you're in the tournament, you might not always be the first seed, but you have a chance to win a, a championship. I don't know when the Rams are going to be in the playoffs again. I really don't. You know, that, and, and I think you take that over anything else. Every week, send us your questions on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride and at 610 Sports KC. Now it's time for the mail. That's right. A special Thanksgiving Day mailbag, too. So if you have any questions that you want to ask Pete, football, Thanksgiving. Um, so this is anything, really. I, it has to be. So this is kind of like one of those old bits they used to do on the show, like ask us anything, but it's the AP mailbag. You're going You're going to the Parkins dot, dot days. Hey, man, what a guy he is. What a guy he is. Still a good guy, too. Still, right. uh, still able to reach the out. glory days. Yeah. So we'll go with uh, question number one from the 816. Pete, are you a cranberry sauce guy? Of course. Of course, let's get sauce. That's what I always but say like at the beginning the of every. But like the can that makes the yep thing or yep. the no no it, it's got to come in the can. It's got to have the ridges. Yeah, I take a slice of that, and you, you spread it all over the turkey. Okay, which of course jumps out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Pete, can we get a Turkey Day weather report for your case for your number one yeah. KC morning? I think it's going to be clear, right? Is it clear tomorrow? Mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Uh, it just really depends on where you're spending Thanksgiving. I I'm looking. Let me wait. Let me get the ten day up for you. Okay. All right. AM clouds. Cloudy skies early, then partly cloudy in the afternoon. Fifty five high. It's a little chilly at night, so. You might be able to wear just a sweater in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Let's bring the heavy jacket out if you're going to go see the Plaza Lights. You know what I'm saying? Jed and I were talking about that earlier. I'm, uh, I've never been. Mm. I I don't want to dissuade you from going. I'm not going to go. It it's very quick. There, it's like a movie that has a, a you know big big build up. Very pumped and like it's almost like it it never mm. never Satisfies. pans never satisfied. You never scratch that itch. The, it's like a the good date lights. that ends with a kiss on the cheek. Yeah, you can see him for the whole month. And there's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, you know, I, and I don't know. I'm just, I'm not a, I did it once myself. Mm-hmm. I'd rather go down an hour see, that's, after. That's the it's cow- very crowded for not a big payoff. You and Jed both said you've only done it once and then never gone again. I, w- I, I would say wait an hour, then go down there and see them. Okay. In a um, way, in a way, that's being it. It's being turned on for you. Okay. Yeah. Well. Kids, kids, kids probably would get pumped up though. Yeah. yeah you can also go the next day and be there at like four thirty, and then they turn them on again, and you're right. like, oh wow. Do you have uh, any children? Negative. Oh, then well, I would wait for that. Okay. Uh, Pete, outside of Chris Jones, who's been the best player on defense, and why is it Nick Bolton? Question mark. <laughs> they answer their own question. From the 785, by It's the way. definitely been Chris Jones. I think the only player that, for me, would rival Nick Bolton might be Trent McDuffie, but we wouldn't think of him in that way because we didn't see him enough. Mm-hmm. But when he's been in, he's been I, – you know, I don't know if we're ready to say lockdown, but as close to that as you can possibly be. So, for me, I, you know, I think I would go – if I'm just trying to – Use what we've seen, and I understand it's been limited. I would go probably Jones, McDuffie, and then Bolton. Okay. And then maybe Colin Saunders. Sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky. McDuffie has been pretty locked down. It's pretty nice to watch that. Who uh, knew that, Who knew that Colin Saunders would be among the best defensive players for the Chiefs this year? Hey, man, you look in the mirror and you say, you want to keep doing this? You want to go You want to go do something else outside <laughs> of the NFL? You, you, you might find that inner strength to you, go play really good defensive you tackle. You didn't think that he wanted to maybe – you know, coach high school football and make TikTok videos anymore. He wanted to stay uh, an NFL player. Yeah. That that was ultimate motivation. Also, I think he realized that yeah. 95 was next to him, and that if he just used a little bit more strength, they'd probably focus on him. I love the uh, the energy. He said he just had been hurt these first few years. Uh, and, you know, sometimes guys use that as an excuse, but it really looks like that might have been the case. And you're right. He gets one-on-ones, and, he, and he's someone who really loves to stop the run. That's all you want from a, a D-tackle, especially a backup. Well, it's time to get out of here, Pete, last but not least. But uh, what do you got moving forward the rest of the week? Holiday, three things you need on Thanksgiving, and then what you got coming out on AP uh, AP Pride. Yeah, I, I think you need a, a good Thanksgiving sweater, okay. right? Cardigan? Uh, I kind of uh, alluded to it before. I, I have a sweater that has some cranberry sauce on it. It says, mm. let's get sauced. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll post a photo of it to my social tomorrow. Ugh. Football, right? Mm-hmm. We got some good games. We sometimes get a bad Thanksgiving slate. This is a really, really good one. And you get World Cup. And we already mentioned it. Me, yeah. me and Jed are in lockstep, baby. Blueberry pie with some yeah. ice cream. All right. So blueberry pie, football, and uh, a good a good sweater. A good sweater. Yeah, we'll keep the we'll keep you updated at arrowheadpride.com. Just because it's a, a holiday doesn't mean we're gonna not gonna have articles. We got our our writers pumping whatever happened today. We'll have the injury reports, everything you can expect. Ron talked about it earlier, five things to watch, so on and so forth. So 
We're locked and loaded. We'll pick back up heavy on Friday, and we got a game on Sunday. Bryce Perkins versus Patrick Mahomes. Should be fun. Mm. Lay, lay the points. Mm. Let's do it. Pete, thankful for your friendship. Thankful for your time. Yes. Uh, have a good holiday. We'll Ditto. talk to you next week. All right. I'm Dusty Likens. That's Pete Sweeney. Arrowhead Pride Radio over. We come back. We'll dive into what I think is going to be a rematch of 2019.